Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Well, I don't know if you're ready for this, but Thanksgiving's coming one way or the other. (laughs) Just a few more days, brother. That's right. Just a few more days. I got a free turkey last night, and so I'm feeling pretty good about my life, but it's harder now that I'm kind of an empty nester to spend $100 in groceries. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not harder. I, tr- I believe it or not, brother. I know this is eyes on Washington. I heard like we did before, right? Now, Doug, we spent over two hundred bucks just on snacks for my daughter at college the other day. Yeah, but so see, it's easy. that doesn't count. I'm talking about here at the house. Yeah. The daughter—that's yeah. the problem. See, if I yeah. had all the daughters and stuff home, I wouldn't have any problem at all. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. My name is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon here, right here. Welcome to another Saturday morning across the ACN network. I'm excited, brother. I know. Why, why, is, why, why would is, you be excited? Why is Thanksgiving only one day, by the way? I don't know. I, you know, be, having a thankful heart is a good thing. And um, you know what I'm really, really thankful for right now, brother? What's that? The Constitution of the United States. Because even though they keep trying to do stuff, whenever we push back and we, and we stand for our constitutional rights, we win. And uh, so that's a really good thing, you know, not like, uh, you know, Australia right now and uh, Canada and all that, uh, you know, yep. they're, they're like, yep. they don't, they don't have the same results that we're having here in the United States. And so super, super excited about our uh, guests uh, mm-hmm. today because, you know, a huge, just um, um, issue that we're dealing with right now in America is this entire thing about elections, you know, and as Mm -hmm. I've been saying in my, you know, political stump speeches, there are two irrefutable truths. Number one, Jeffrey Epstein did not hang himself. And number two, Donald Trump won. So, uh, you know, now we got to figure out how to prove uh, both of those things. And Mm -hmm. probably the Donald Trump winning part would be even the more important one because we can't bring Jeff back. And who would want to? And if he's ever, we won't go there, but yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> you know, when it comes down to, if we can't have a uh, fair, if you will, and know that our election system is safe and accountable, that we, it's actually, um, we can trust it. What do we have, right? Our constitution protects that. What one person, one vote. When so many policies at the federal and the state level um, are to look the other way, or you can't look, or, oh, by the way, we'll destroy evidence. And we, we talked last week. With Georgia, where they, they deleted literally, you know, like thousands 50, of those. 50% yeah. of the votes yeah. or something. Right. And then in Arizona, destroying evidence before they can go investigate yeah. those things. They're hiding or, something. You know, we talked about our own Secretary of State going to work for. Hey, and that's our guest know. today is former Secretary of State Kim Wyman. It's going to be, <laughs> no, wait, she's not going to be. She left, brother. She gone. Yeah, I know. And now Steve Hobbs is in their place. We'll talk about that later. No, uh, I have a lot to talk, talk about. about <laughs> Can we talk about that next year when you're um, running against we will have for to. Secretary That's of State right. or something? You beat That's his right. rear in, in the whole uh, Lieutenant Governor. That's Lieutenant right. Governor race. So I think you could take him. I don't uh, know. I, having Marty McLennan as Secretary of State, dude, I could go for that. I could totally go for that. Anyways, uh, a very good friend of mine is the head of uh, WEICU, or basically We See You for short, Tambourine Borelli. 
Uh, she is a, um, believe it or not, bro, she's a former Bernie Sanders delegate and she like changed and decided that, wait a minute, those conservative guys are not mean. They actually might have a point. And so, uh, Tambourine, welcome <laughs> to the show. And it was so fun to, you know, have you come over to the, you know, the right, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know you're trying and with the, now that we see you issue so that we see you is filing lawsuits all across the state of Washington, demanding audits of the election. Correct. Correct. Yes. Uh, and thank you, by the way, uh, for having me uh, as well as uh, Jovan on your show. We're happy to be here. So um, our, our other guest is Jovan uh, Hutton Pulitzer. I'm reading it from the screen here. And he's also an expert in election integrity and all this stuff too. So I'm very excited to have both of you guys. So, well, actually I just slept at a holiday and express. Last night. <laughs> I was going to say, that's pretty funny. So even though that's hilarious, the question to me was a year and a half ago or two years ago, prior to the 2020 election, well, have you ever heard of election integrity professionals or people that are experts in this area? Now, I actually I actually did because after the 2018 election, uh, Tambourine and I got together with uh, we had uh, four on the left and four on the right. Uh, so we were trying to prove nonpartisan and we had a lawsuit against um, Secretary of State, former Secretary of State Kim Wyman. Uh, against the different the various counties we didn't know what we were doing but boy we had fun and uh, we went after it that and, explains a lot okay there yeah we go. and yeah. so I began to learn that there were people like like uh, Jovan who had stayed at a Holiday Inn and stuff like that and had some knowledge of uh, <laughs> Dominion voting machines and flipping and all this different stuff and we'll get into that um, so yeah and um, and it's frustrating to think that we have a problem with our voting system because if we are not properly um, reflecting in our election results the wills of the voters, then we've lost our we've lost our uh, republic. And I know I know we're getting in, in with uh, uh, Tambourine and Javon. I really want to get into your knowledge, what you've been doing, what you're finding, all that stuff. But I would tell you that from the man on the street, the woman on the street, wherever we go, and I've gone across the state a few times. Um, throwing my hat in the ring, if you will, talking to a lot of people. I've never seen for two. It's a it's a strong dichotomy. People that are ticked off, they're more aware than ever that they want to do something, and people that are just absolutely given up. Well, I can never trust this. This place is rigged. My vote doesn't count. And so I'm sure you both dealt with that. And so when you start talking about what you're doing, how's that going to be fixed? First of all, we have to fix the problem, expose the the fraud, and clean up our system. And then we have to restore um, trust so people will actually go out and vote and not give up, don't you think? Absolutely. Jovan, you want to take that first? Yeah, I think what's important for people to understand is, you know, even though 2020 was a disaster and everybody knows something was wrong, we as Americans were given a brilliant gift in the fact that happened. And the reason I say that, and some people have a hard time reconciling that, but I just go back for a minute. In 2014, the media would have swore that they were not biased. They were true journalists and they did investigations. And then, of course, we get into 15 and Donald J. Trump, and then he gets into the White House and the media's true colors come out and you find out they are biased 
and literally part of the corruption in this United States. So we were given a gift to get our eyes open. The human condition is we only learn when we get hurt and we get clobbered. Do we only do anything about it? We must accept for all of us listening, this happened on our watch because most people that consider themselves our conservatives are apathetic. So the bottom line, when I hear from people and they say, I'm never going to vote again because my vote doesn't matter. I say, then there's two things you need to do. Go register as a Democrat and begin to start speaking Chinese. Because what you should be doing right now is voting more than ever, getting involved, because the bottom line, there's nobody coming on a white horse to rescue you. There is no army coming to your rescue. You are the army. You are the answer. Wow. I yep. don't think I could shout amen any louder, but that is true. <laughs> and and the, that's that's the thing, right? I mean, it's I keep saying bugs life, right? There's the, mm-hmm. the ants and the grasshoppers. There's a lot more of us ants than those few little grasshoppers. And if they ever, if we ever figure that out, they're done. And um, and that's what's happening. So uh, you know, especially when we look over to what went on in Virginia and New Jersey and stuff just here a few weeks ago. If we will get crazy and just vote like crazy, we overwhelm all of their little systems, right? That's a that's one of the benefits. Even in 2016, Doug and I talk a lot about getting Christians engaged and our numbers are deplorable. The, the, the Christians at large, people that have uh, identify as some sort of Christian nationwide through Barn is about 70% or so. About 50% are actually registered and about 50% actually cast a ballot at any given election. Um, the evangelical Christians turned out in great numbers for Trump, overwhelmingly win. Any election in the last 20 years where more Christians actually get engaged in the political process, then the, typically the right candidate wins. To your point, being apathetic, most of the time we've been like, ah, it's not, we don't get involved in politics. That's somebody else's business. That's not the church. That's not conservatives. It's icky. It's whatever. And then we get these legislators and at every level that legislate just God awful stuff that puts burdens on everybody. And we can, we go, well, how'd that happen? And so to your point, yeah, and tell that, tell that to home. Daniel, right? Tell that to right. Daniel, who was, you know, right-hand man to, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, tell it to Joseph, who was right-hand man to Pharaoh, tell it, tell it to King David, who was the boss, you know, that's all political. That's all <laughs> government authority. That's in the Bible. I don't know where we got this. We shouldn't be involved in politics thing. That is like a, I don't know. That's like a doctrine of demons or something, dude. I 100% agree. So that's why we're, I love that though, but it comes down to we're responsible. We've talked before with other pastors, when the culture goes the way it goes, it, it falls at the feet or the, the doors of the church. Like They're Javon not engaged, said, it's on our watch. Right? It's on our watch. And it happened during our watch. It's on our watch to fix it so that our kids aren't living under Chinese communism, right? Yeah. Well, you know, let's, so let's get into- You said 70% of Christians uh, out there, um, only 50% of them are registered to vote, 50% um, actually participate in vote. For a country that that's concentrated uh, with Christianity, it's interesting how many Christians do not connect what's going on with the fact of you're about to see at an accelerating pace, Christianity becomes something that's outlawed. Right. Not just something that's mocked, something that is bona fide, outlawed. And it was done over something really simple. I'll give people an example. Our great country was founded on an incredible piece of paper, which is called our Declaration of Independence. 
We now see our country struggling, if not floundering, over a very easy to fix piece of paper called a ballot. And the bottom line is, if we go down, the whole world goes down. This is not just a fight over election integrity. Maybe I, I think we're probably the most blessed generation there is because in past generations, you would not have known what was happening. You would not have had a say. Now, think about the hundreds of billions of media that they've spent to tell us America's bad, orange man's bad, Christianity and conservatism is bad, but we're still here and their backs are against the wall. But for the very first time in history, our eyes are wide open. We know what's going on. And we're seeing two battles, three battles at once. We're seeing a political battle, a great ideology battle. We're seeing a battle not only in people now splitting, our countries tear it apart, but we are witnessing a spiritual battle, a bona fide good versus evil, light versus dark, is all playing out for the first time, all at the same time, and we're all watching. But that's the thing. We don't have to watch anymore. We know what's going on. You have to get involved. Yeah. Amen. This is good. And I, man, I'll tell you. I so think, I, I think you got a new co-host, Marty. I'm going to let uh, Javon <laughs> no, no, no. show. I'm going to. You've heard me say something not as eloquently as Javon did, but the exact same thing that this is a spiritual, a political and economic battle being played out. We're being divided. I want to add just one thing to what, say, to what Javon said and then go to tambourines. We want to get into the meat of this, but you see the division of our faith because when we talk about the COVID vaccine mandates, when we look at different uh, across the nation, who hasn't gotten the vaccine yet? Typically people of faith, people that have a conscience, people that are religious beliefs, or people of color. They're using that as a way to segregate and discriminate and, and basically uh, deny you access to services, deny you the right to, to be employed or to travel based on not getting a vaccine, knowing that it's a group that probably has a faith component. It's, well, it's don't the forget, first you step. Can't get, you can't get unemployment either, brother. Yeah, it's the first <laughs> step, though, of making it legal mandated to segregate against your Christianity, against your yeah. faith, faith what, belief. What, so. what Jovan said, right yep. on. So yep. what, are, what are the, uh, so let's talk, let's go to Tambourine. So uh, I know this is something that's been near and dear to your heart for many years now. And um, why, why lawsuits and kind of like give us the meat and potatoes of, of what, what these are about. Well, if I can, I'd like to uh, address Marty's initial question because it was a profound one and a timely one. And it really encompasses where we are as a nation, because this goes beyond Washington state. Our whole country is faced with the dilemma. You have half the people apathetic that understand that it's a rigged game. Uh, and then you have the other ideology of, you know, we've got to vote more than we ever have in order to uh, absorb the fraud. So here's the thing. Uh, they're, they're both, both frames of mind uh, in and of themselves. There's truth to that. But I believe the answer uh, is not apathy, but at the same time, uh, it's not necessarily uh, the, the solution that is going to fix this issue of voting like crazy because it worked for Trump in 2016 because they did not expect it. So the fact that he overwhelmingly overrode their machinations of 
fixing the election. Once he won in 2016, the jig was up. They prepared for four years, uh, quoting Biden, the most sophisticated um, voter fraud um, organization in the history of the country. That's not, they're not gonna let that happen again, especially with anyone that's gonna make a change. So what's the answer? The answer is not apathy. The answer is to let people, to educate people so they understand just how bad that it is. They have to get uh, so uh, resolved that nothing is gonna change unless we fix this. So we're not gonna fix it by not voting and we're not gonna fix it by voting. We're gonna fix it by the people rallying together. We, uh, the governed, if you will, uh, those that hold all political power. And, and to, to your question, Doug, as far as the lawsuits, the, this is the beginning, the first step in the phase of how we can take back our electoral system. And that's the only way. The people, and I don't care about, this is not a political issue on right or left. Uh, you know, in my perspective is a unique one because I came from the left, have been on the right from a Bernie supporter to a Trump supporter, but politics should have no place in this. Who cares mm -hmm. about my personal political evolution? This is about a country, both people on the left, populist left and populist right are more alike than we think. The people of this country have to come together, be educated on just how fatally flawed our electoral system is for both sides. And we have to demand, literally, demand that the legislators, the auditors, all people who we have consented to govern us, we have to demand that they do what they've been elected to do and fix what is wrong with our electoral system. If we don't do that, uh, there's, there's no amount of voting that's gonna fix it because they've got it already in their back pocket. So that's... Uh, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, I 100% agree to Jovan's point too. People don't change unless there's, they're painful enough. They're forced to change. They're afraid enough. They're painful enough. They've got to change. There's the other side to the, the carrot, but it's not enough. They've gotten so, too complacent, too apathetic, too much of a frog in a pot, if you will, the boiling pot, uh, unless it gets to the point where it's in their face to the point where they must do something. I think we're getting there. And to your point, uh, educating and exposing is part of it. But let our listeners know, Jovan and uh, Tambourine, what is wrong? Because we know, we all know intuitively that it's not right, that you just can't find votes in the middle of the night. You can't stop counting, all those things in 2020. But prior to that, we've seen it in this state, Gina Rossi race, 2016 race, weird anomalies that don't make sense, where 40-year histories go uh, that the votes come late for Republicans and they go and they start turning late for Democrats in key races. It, th these things don't make sense. But now we're starting to see things come out like Lynn Morgan's special the other day on the homeless going around collecting ballots that, that are counted and uh, that are cast by somebody else. So what are you finding out there that you're making lawsuits on here in the state and across this nation for the both of you? Let so me, go ahead. Go let me let me just list off some things that most people don't know about how bad or porous our election system is. Washington State, your state's very unique in the fact that it, it is where uh, they learned to perfect mail-in ballot fraud. So you're the test bed, folks. 
and you have to understand how this works. So I'm going to take you through a list of compromises, and then I'm going to take you through some things that most people don't know. Number one is right now in the United States of America, our voter rolls are so dirty, meaning we have different types of voters. We have people that are properly registered voters. We have people that lived you know, were born, got registered, died, and somehow are still on the list. Then we have voters that were born, died, and then somehow became registered. And then we have a new crop of voters that popped up this past election that were born and then were registered to vote because they were just going to be 18 or 19-year-olds in their first election. But when you go back and uh, examine the record, you find out they actually died within one year of birth. They're creating fake identities for this. In the United States of America, there are 21 million bad voter records still active in the United States of America. There is no incentive to push this out and clean it out. When it comes to mail-in fraud, uh, I think Washington State's one of the states that have it worse because you don't really get to witness anything. Uh, they just go in, they run them into machines. And here's what you need to know about these machines. These machines do not know the difference between an official certified legal ballot and a ballot that is blank. If a blank ballot was fed into the machine by somebody in these back rooms, they could feed a blank one in. Now ask yourself, could you slide in two, three, four, five blank ballots in over the course of a 10 hour day? Of course you could. Well, those blank ballots get a valid date and time stamp, and then can be voted later when they look at the voter rolls to see who's registered, who came in, and then get the net difference and actually vote it. These machines work that way. Secondly, these machines don't know the difference between a duplicated ballot. That basically means if they wanted to, they could take a ballot, run it off on a copy machine and run it through these uh, machines and they'll count. These things are so porous, so ridiculous that it is made for fraud. I'll give you an example. Even in the particular machines that run it in, and you have to remember, there's a difference between machines and systems. When you hear some of the big voting companies sit in front of Congress and say, we don't make election machines that connect to the internet. Now we all know they connect to the internet, but you have to remember they're telling the truth. The reason they're telling the truth is because they don't make machines. They make software suites. The machine's a Dell machine on, on a lot of these. So you have to understand how this politicking is played, how these words are played, but there are over 200 different ways the machines can be compromised. And there's another hundred different ways with the way elections are run, which have nothing to do with servers, that if people want to start changing the vote, they can. And if you realize most elections are pretty close, within a percent or two, it only takes a few bad ballots per precinct and the election has been swung. Yeah. So uh, this brings us up to the the kind of the the word that or the phrase that gets uh, thrown around a lot, chain of custody. How does that fit into here? What, what are we saying when we say chain of custody? Well, it's two oh, things. Yeah, it's two things. When I think chains of custody, the first thing I think of is like air gapping. They explain this uh, weird thing. This computer is supposed to be air gapped. Nothing connecting them in between. Then I realized it was actually the definition of what's between the left and right ear of Maxine Waters. And then I was totally cool with it. Now, chain of custody, the vision that we should really have is how we wrap up all these people in chains and take them in custody for what they've done because they don't <laughs> even at all pay attention 
into chain of custody. They'll scream about rules. They'll say they need uh, certified election auditors when they're are none. There's no such thing, never have been. But with chain of custody, like in, in Georgia, forget it. Hundreds of thousands, they can't even tell where they came from. Even in the Arizona audit as we did it, only 40% of the physical ballots could actually be matched to the machine images. Totally compromised. So on that note, Javon, do you what know anything it? about the Racine, Wisconsin one where the sheriff said, hey, you know, they basically told them to vote on these ballots that where people were, were dead? Yeah. Uh, I, I've heard rumors. I don't yeah, have yeah. exact details in it, but l- let me tell you how this rig works. I'm going to give a little quiz for you. If you've heard it from me, don't answer, but I want to see if you, if you haven't heard it, what it is. When was the first mail-in ballot fraud in the United States of America and all the newspapers from coast to coast wrote about it? When was it? Uh, Dino Rossi. No, I have no idea. What? It was the second term of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, wow. That's number one. Number two, in 1945, um, LBJ was running for the Senate in Texas. This was going to be his big run that put him on the map. He was losing. He knew he had lost. The numbers had come in. But his campaign manager, right at the end of the night, got into his car, drove to West Texas, and he magically found what's called ballot box number 13. What's ballot box number 13? Somehow 202 ballots that somehow got missed. And LBJ won the Senate. What's the moral of the story? That every election since then's had it. You saw it in New Jersey. He backed down. He said he found 12,000 ballots. He knew we were ready to spring on that because they were fraudulent. They didn't bring them forward. The point is, once you learn how to trick the system, it becomes an inside secret that they trade for back and forth. And I know you mentioned Virginia. Yes, there were more election observers in Virginia than ever, but I actually think Virginia was the system giving us a bone to try to calm us down. I am not convinced that that was even a legit win. Okay, wow. let's go to tambourine. Tambourine, yeah. uh, chain of custody, wherever you want to go. You just take it. Well, uh, if I may, I'd like to uh, answer your uh, question in regard to what actually has happened here in our state um, and what we are bringing uh, and what we have a laundry list of uh, actual evidence that occurred in our election here uh, in 2020. Um, we have, firstly, we have filed lawsuits in eight counties so far, Whatcom, uh, Snohomish, Clark, Pierce, Thurston, King, Lincoln, and Franklin. There's uh, different things that have happened in different counties. Uh, for instance, in Whatcom County, we had an election staffer, video of a staffer, Uh, gingerly filling out ballots unobserved on the floor. Uh, For those that know, uh, adjudication could be uh, being done. That's when they're, um, you know, identifying, trying to see the intent of the voter. When that takes place, there must be two people from each party standing behind uh, the person that's doing the adjudication. There was no one anywhere near uh, this staffer. And uh, in viewing where she was marking on the ballot uh, with further investigation, it was the lower right-hand corner of the Whatcom ballot. That race was the governor's race. Um, So that happened there. 
uh, Lincoln County, there was a ransomware attack based on um, massive security breaches that took place uh, in four government agencies, Department of Revenue, DSHS, DCYF, and WATEC. Why that's interesting is because all of those agencies, uh, they have voter identifiable information, people's signatures, people's contact information, and people's date of birth. Very ironic that that took place at the last week in September. Uh, and then there was this ransomware attack in Lincoln. They certified that election in the middle of a ransomware attack. So uh, those are specific things that happened in two of the counties. Overall, statewide, we have snapshots. This is not data we came up with. This was the Secretary of State data directly from their feed that went to King 5 and Edison uh, reporting on election night. We have uh, snapshots uh, where at 9.36 p.m., the total of the governor's race was 5,300,000 uh, and some change. The interesting thing about that number is that at that moment, that was 476,000 registrations over the registered voters in Washington state. 45 minutes later at 10.13 p.m., and each of those timestamps, it was 43 seconds. So that tells you that is not some inexperienced intern that is a direct feed from the Secretary of State. And so 45 minutes later at 10.13 p.m. and 43 seconds, it dropped. The total in the governor's race dropped 2 million votes down to 3,300,000, something that was in line with the president's uh, race totals. So uh, that's a serious irregularity there. And uh, overall, uh, when election night was reported on, uh, you had one number and then for the whole state. And then 21 days later of counting, the day they certified, it was another number. So in between those two dates, the 21 days, they counted 328,000 ballots, right? The problem with that is that if you look at solely the governor's race, the amount that it was on election night, the total, and then 21 days later, at the, the time that they certified, the, the number that they said they counted in that 21 days was over 700,000. And the difference between those is 425,000 unaccounted for ballots. That makes you scratch your head. Like, that's pretty odd. So what we're saying is, uh, you know, we have substantial questions that uh, is verifiable. Uh, we have evidence of 6,614 ballots that flipped, just like in Michigan, Antrim County. We have the data. We didn't make it up. We have the data from the election night reporting. 37,000 votes were switched around at 10 different events. These things are actual uh, and factual that we can prove. So we believe that uh, we are well within our right to uh, demand that the people get to see underneath the hood to answer these questions, how can that happen? Uh, because these most of these machines weren't even certified at the time. So that's a whole other uh, problem. And so, so isn't it, 
isn't it the the law that the machines need to be certified? That's right. And uh, the Secretary of State at the time, Kim Wyman, admitted and downplayed it. Uh, and I believe she's on video actually um, downplaying it. Uh, you know, but the problem is um, that it's not just that these things have happened, but it's when the people uh, take the elected officials to task to 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 uh, demand our right. These are our elections, right? We have mm -hmm. elected the auditors. Their purpose is within their title, auditor. They mm -hmm. audit. They should audit, and we're being uh, we're being taken to task. And this is very interesting. Your your listeners will get a kick out of this. Perkins Coie. Mm -hmm. uh, we like to affectionately call them Lucifer's Law Group. I don't mm -hmm. mind saying that publicly. Um, and they have, from the moment we filed these lawsuits, and in some cases before the actual defendants even responded to us, they put a motion to intervene as a defendant. It's never done. People intervene all the time as plaintiffs. Uh, it's never done to intervene into a case to be a defendant. So Perkins Coie is the the international law group for the Democratic National Committee for the Clintons, for the the you know the Democrats across the country. They have inserted themselves, uh, and moreover than that, uh, they the prosecutors in each county. We sued each county locally they have dragged us to federal court mm -hmm. as opposed to the superior court. So they could, uh, uh, in federal court, the, the standard is different. So it's easier for them to dismiss it. So we are fighting them tooth and nail. Uh, and we actually are about to file in 10 other counties as well, because we have to make a point to them. We have to let them know we are not going to allow this to happen. We do not consent, and we're not just going to roll over and let you uh, take our elections and, and kill them forever. We're going to fight until uh, we get back our vote, that uh, we have transparent, secure, and publicly verified elections. A hundred percent. This is interesting. Now, for our listeners, as you said, Perkins Coie is a law firm out of Seattle. They're international. They are tied to the false dossier, the steel dossier, um, using the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion in Seattle. They also are a landing spot for aspiring Democrat politicians to come in here and work for them, get placed in local communities, and then run for a local office, maybe a school board or council, whatever, uh, Derek Kilmer over here in the 6th Congressional worked for per Perkins Coie, came to Gig Harbor, worked his way from House to Senate to Congress now. This is very organized, and they don't want us looking into the elections because, as Joe Vaughn and Tambourine are saying, it's been rigged for a long time. And so exposing this stuff, so uh, to, to you bringing the fight to them and exposing this, thank you. What is the expectation um, at the court? Clearly, they're breaking the law. Clearly, we have we got the goods on them, but they're they obfuscate, they destroy evidence, they feel like they're untouchable. We see at the national, the state, and the local level that these clearly people that that do this seem to get away with it. 
you, uh, what is your what is your hope there, um, Tambourine, on these lawsuits? Well, here's the thing, uh, and we should be hearing from uh, Judge Jones, who mm-hmm. is the U.S. District Judge, that they have pulled uh, six out of our eight, actually, because when we saw what they were doing, we quickly amended the last two lawsuits in Lincoln and Franklin to take out uh, the U.S. constitutional issues so they mm-hmm. could not take it to federal court. So with these these six cases, what we are hoping will happen is that the judge will see uh, we have we have asked that they be remanded back to superior court because the lion's share of the complaint belongs at the superior court, not the federal court. So we are hoping that he will, even if he dismisses the federal aspects of the case, we're hoping he will remand back uh, to the superior court, which is the proper thing to do. And we're hoping that he will grant our opposition to Perkins Coie and the Democratic Central Committee from intervening into our cases. Our case and our complaint uh, is based on a statute to elected official, uh, officials, election officials, which Perkins Coie and the Democratic Party are not. They do not belong in our cases, no matter what they say, that they are uh, fighting for their candidates and their voters' interests. We say this case is about election integrity and which part of this threatens your candidates Mm -hmm. and your voters. So it's the integrity uh, part. Yeah. It's, you know, so, you know, we are literally going to tow the old old Shakespearean, you know, me thinks thou dost protest too much, you know, so you're, you're, you're getting, when I got, so I'm, okay, full disclosure, I'm in the King County lawsuit. I'm the top guy on there and they've already, you know, drugged me through the Seattle Times thing, you know, good, good yeah, for me. Doug and, is our lead plaintiff in, in King, which King, good. they specifically are threatening uh, the plaintiffs with sanctions of all yeah, things. Yeah, if they money. don't dismiss their cases, they're threatening the people to sue the people if they don't drop their case. I mean, what, what more evil is it than that? Yeah. Why, what are you afraid of? What do you, why, you know? And so the, I think one of the things that's, that's a beautiful thing about these cases is that we're paying for requesting and paying for a jury trial. And uh, you know, I heard judge Janine say on uh, Tucker Carlson a couple of days ago that she believes in the juries, the juries will do the right thing. They will look at the evidence. They're not lawyers. They're not career people. They're just, rank and file. And they're going to look at that and go, you know what? I think we do need to look at our election system. And that's what scares Perkins Coie. And obviously they don't think that Julie Wise, King County elections director, and these others that are named are able to defend themselves. And so even though they've got Dan Satterberg and the whole King County team and all that, they believe that they need to bring their unlimited resources funded by Soros and everybody else to bear on our, our poor little pro se, you know, I mean, none of us in the, none of us regular folks have attorneys. We are not attorneys. I'm not an attorney. Um, and so, uh, you know, they're trying to overwhelm me with paperwork and, you know, legal BS and all that. But, um, that, you know, that, that this system is, we are in power, right? Jovan, you said we have the power, right? 
Absolutely. The system relies on bullying and bull hockey to, to make this work. They need the people ignorant. And the first thing they do is basically start bullying. You know, it's ironic that they're supposed to keep all these materials for 22 months so we can do audits. They're now getting rid of them, like you mentioned earlier in Georgia. It's easier for them to get rid of them and be subject to a $1,000 fine for accidentally overriding them than it is to have a charge of election fraud per ballot that has gone the other way. But this is how the system has been operating for so long. They've perfected it. It's very ironic. If you were to uh, read about the folks from Fair Vote or the Bren the Brenning Center for Justice in New York. Uh, you hear them say that there's no such thing as voter fraud. It's non-existent. It doesn't really happen. And one of the reasons they attribute that it doesn't happen and get this you'll love it they say we know it doesn't happen because we don't see occurrences in it reported by the media now think about that right <laughs> okay hold on a second i'm the media i'm reporting it uh well when they talk about mainstream media one of the things they say is if it's not mainstream media and journalists reporting on it it doesn't exist and one of their things they do to try to make that valid and the more important thing they're worried about is if mainstream media does report on it, it tends to activate the local sheriffs who actually have jurisdiction. You see, when a judge uh, refuses to prosecute the laws and or the Constitution, your actual local sheriff has the ability to lock them up. Truly. Now, what they don't want to do is they don't want to activate local law enforcement. But I just think it's ironic that they say, well, if the media doesn't cover it, it doesn't exist. But it's all a game. Let me give you a quick example. Mm -hmm. If you were in Georgia, when Georgia during the primary uh, in 2020, they initiated their first uh, risk limiting audit. Now, a risk-limiting audit is nothing more than they want to limit their risk from being audited so they don't get caught. But in that primary, to validate that the primary went properly, they looked at exactly 27 ballots. And then in the general election for Georgia, they did the same thing, and they looked at exactly 250 ballots. What's ironic about this is the very voting company and the board of supervisors who could get in trouble for this kind of stuff, they handpicked the machines and handpicked the ballots. And then what they call audits, you know, these the machines are supposed to be certified. They razzmatazz you and know that you're ignorant with a logic and accuracy test on the machines. Well, we did a logic and accuracy test. What is that? Logic and accuracy. Ready? Does the machine turn on? Does the software show on the screen where we can see the version? That's the logic part of it. Accuracy. Can we put a ballot in? If we put one ballot in, will the machine set it read one? If we put 100 in, will the machine set it read 100? That's a logic and accuracy test that they say they certify this with. You never heard in there about, does it even know if it's the right ballot or how did the votes go? This is all a con game, a shill game. It needs to be burned down from the top to the bottom. They have done this too long. I don't really think there's been an honest election in the United States of America since 2004. And I actually think the parties negotiate between themselves to see how much they can get out of this system. Bottom line, our private property in the United States of America between all of us is right now worth about 145 
trillion dollars in the United States. Then if you take the government's holdings, the government holdings are also about $145 trillion. Basically what you have is 300 roughly trillion dollars worth of assets in the United States. And so if you wanted to buy off the officials, the top officials across the United States to make sure it went your way and you gave those officials a million dollars a year, well, there's only 7,000 of them. It only takes $7 billion to control our entire 300 trillion that we're worth. When you look at it that way, then you understand how easy it is for these officials to get involved in corruption. And this is all about money. And the bottom line, folks, is we need to wake up because we are living in the matrix. We are nothing but slaves and battery units. Amen. So a couple things, a statement first about your thing about media. About a year and a half, maybe two years ago, Pelosi, I don't like quoting Pelosi, but she said, oh, yeah, what we say is we say something, like I may have heard this, the media reports it, and then we reference the media. Oh, it was reported in the media, so therefore it was true. It's a way of them getting out a lie, having the media cover it as truth, and then it's spread out across the media, across the nation as gospel, even though they've spoken. This is what we see. Now, in this state, Tamarine and Jovan as well, and, and Doug and I have talked about this for years, we've seen... My own elections where, uh, you know, fire alarms are pulled and all of a sudden they find extra votes or an 18 where you have your Democrat opponent's team on the floor counting the ballots where one precinct had a total of 50 cast ballots for the last 40 years. But for some reason, they won by 500 in one precinct. It's never been happened. The secretary of state comes in and says, well, it looks weird, but we're going to certify it anyway. So, Tamarine, explain how in this state where you have different counties with different machines, uh, how does the Secretary of State come into play? Because this same Secretary of State that is now promoted, working for the Biden administration, um, that was our token Republican, if you will, um, fought really hard to make it uh, difficult for us to audit elections. So what role does the auditor play in our state that makes this part this possible? What part does our auditor play that makes the, 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 the secretary of state? What, what part does the secretary of state play? I'm saying. Well, it's <laughs> she's the gatekeeper or that position mm-hmm. is the gatekeeper. All, all auditors uh, answer to the secretary of state. So, mm-hmm. for instance, when we uh, made our public records request to each auditor, they all had the same response. They, uh, and this is the response they're given, uh, or, or they would not all be blanket. They all noted, we asked for the ballots. Ballots are public records. Mm-hmm. However, they denied that public records request, citing uh, a case of White versus Clark County. And that is bad case law because of this reason. That in the appellate court in 2017 uh, made ballots exempt from public disclosure, saying that it violated Article 6, Section 6 of our state constitution, which is the absolute secrecy of the voter on the ballot. However, uh, well, and the reason why that's bad case law is because there is an RCW, wish I had it right in front of me, uh, but there is an 
RCW that literally makes it illegal to have any identifying information on the ballot. So they can't have both. Uh, since there's no identifying information on the ballot, we should be able to have access uh, to those ballots. So as far as your question, uh, the Secretary of State, all roads lead back to Rome as far as the Secretary of State is concerned. Um, the Secretary of State allowed these certifications to happen in the counties with, with ransomware attacks. The Secretary of State uh, has allowed the fact that, uh, oh, this should be a fun fact. Uh, Kim Wyman, uh, when she came in in 2012, uh, brought with her uh, the nonprofit that is affectionately known as ERIC. ERIC is an acronym. Electronic Registration Information Center. Uh, that is uh, having to do with the voter rolls being cleaned. Now it started in five states, Washington being one of them, and now it boasts over 30 uh, in the country. The problem with that is uh, the voter rolls couldn't be dirtier. And that's that's the thing. The vote dirty for those of you that don't understand what that has to do with anything. The fact of and, and Jovan talked about it earlier. Dead people on there, people who've moved that are still on there, uh, uh, as well as people that have a different uh, derivation of their name. When they first registered, it was Chris, and then uh, when they registered, if they registered again and moved, and they put on the registration Christopher. That gets two voter IDs. So that's two votes that would be counted. We have a testimony of an auditor that questioned the Secretary of State on that saying someone had come in. Uh, a voter came in and had two ballots that he could have voted and it would have counted. Uh, and <laughs> nothing was done about that. Uh, the fact that uh, they've gone for so long saying that there is no internet connection. When Kim Wyman, the Secretary of State at the time, was asked, do we have an internet connection with these machines? Her answer was not no. Her answer was, quote, they're not supposed to be, end quote. So uh, again, it, it all uh, lands at the foot of the Secretary of State. And so uh, it's, uh, it's a, a, quite a so thing. Yeah, so when we had a, a show about this, when the only reason why, besides her anti-Trump stance, why the Biden administration would promote her, and to my opinion was, she's been rewarded for a good job. That's how you get promoted. 100%, Marty. 100%. So I, I don't care if you're a public out there and or whatever. This is it. That's why you have a Democrat that's been appointed in her place there to take it there. We have to clean this up. So my question, I'm going to circle back to these court cases. God willing, it goes exactly as we plan. The information is out there. We go to case. We have a, tr a trial by jury, and we win. What happens if we win? Well, what happens is uh, we have uh, <laughs> Mr. Pulitzer, Mr. Hutton Pulitzer, uh, come and help us take a look at these ballots uh, so we can find uh, where did these 425,000 extra ones that aren't accounted for uh, so we can see uh, what's actually happening with these uh, immense irregularities. We get some clarity. And then when we get clarity of what happened underneath the hood, right, then we have to have some serious conversations about 
how do we fix this from never happening again? And how we do that comes with the education of we can no longer have mail-in voting as a way to vote. We have to understand that chain of custody means that it's, uh, for instance, in a court case, when evidence loses chain of custody, you have to throw it out. Mm -hmm. We have to, that's what I mean about educating the people. We have to let them understand you cannot have convenience mean more to you than the sanctity of your vote. And so we need hand counted paper ballots in person with ID at the precinct level. We have to, it's a requirement of our state constitution. You have to qualify as a voter. And if you are not a citizen, you do not qualify. Do mm -hmm. you know that uh, 386,000 people registered uh, to vote getting a driver's license between August and November in 2020? Yep. And do you know, uh, we're getting reports now of how many thousands, tens of thousands of those were non-citizens. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem, and that's another thing I'd like to mention, we have filed a writ of mandamus against the governor as his position of chief executive officer over the state agency of the Department of Licensing, compelling him to direct them to cease and desist allowing mm -hmm. non-citizens to register to vote. We're in the Supreme Court with that right now. Uh, and, and just, uh, just a, a note to your listeners, although, as Doug said, the plaintiffs in each county are pro se, they made We See You attain counsel lest they were going to throw us out of our own lawsuits. So we have had to take counsel. We have operated on the fumes of God, literally. Amen. So, so with I, eight, we, yeah. We're, we're getting close to the end of the program. Yes. I do want to encourage our Eastern Washington listeners that you can be involved in these cases. You don't have to have been a candidate you can, as long as you're a voter or what we call a qualified elector, you could uh, be part of these cases. Is that correct? Uh, actually, in the next 10 that we are filing, they are mostly all in eastern Washington. However, what we have learned in the first eight, we are paring it down uh, and, and not uh, having other plaintiffs in to protect them from uh, whatever machinations they'll try to do to threaten the people. We're going to uh, stand uh, in lieu of that. And it's just going to be, we see you as the plaintiff, as a public records complaint. So we're learning to navigate. Uh, so they can't drag us to federal court. They can't insert themselves, Perkins Coie. We're just, we're, we're fine tuning it uh, strategically. So uh, Eastern Washington is the next slate. But if you obviously are wanting to support that. We need all the help in every way that we possibly can. Because for the most part, we've been alone doing this. So we need the people to come and stand with us and support us in this fight. And let's uh, let's get your website out there. WEICU.org. You can also read uh, the lawsuits we have up there, the writ of mandamus against the governor, uh, and keep up to date there as well as support our work. So, uh, Jovan, 30 seconds. Wrap it up. Folks, this is uh, probably the greatest time in history to be alive. You were made for this moment. That's why you're here. 
you've already won. Think about it this way. You started life beating a billion and a half other stern sperm to get here. You did it. You won. That means you were chosen. You're here today for this. God has put you here, already chose you to be here to help fight this fight that is undeniable. And now you just have to do your part of the work and that's get involved and get loud. All right, Tambourine, 15 seconds. Uh, Well, nothing is going to change. No one's going to save us. We have to do it together. We have to do whatever it takes to make sure that we have transparent, secure, and publicly verified elections. All right. And then, and uh, yeah, we don't have to trust anymore. We're going to do that. Hey, uh, this is Doug Bassler. And I'm Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty versus the world. Don't forget, you can go to DougAndMarty.com. You can download this program. You could share it. You can tell Alexa, play Doug and Marty versus the world, and she'll play it. We'll see you next time. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.